Hi there, and welcome once again to Nightlight. Always nice to be here with you, and nice also to have back with us on the show, Melvin. Welcome back to Nightlight, Melvin. And what's your topic today? Just thinking of sharing on healing. I know you asked me a couple of years ago about talking about healing, but I didn't uh, because I wanted to experience it myself mm. before I teach it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I can come up with scriptures and say, this works, that works. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't work for me, then, and that's why in the last year or two, mm-hmm. uh, I have experienced uh, so much healing in my own life wow. and in the life of my wife. And so uh, today I want to talk about healing on how to receive it for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover, you know, but uh, I want to come uh, from a point where if you're born again, mm-hmm. And if you are a new creation in Christ, then healing is part of the atonement. Mm-hmm. You know, it is something that Jesus provided for us. And so I really feel that, you know, people that are listening to this class, if they go through the scriptures mm-hmm. and meditate on it, they can start learning how to receive it themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, in the beginning, there's a big battle between your five senses and the word of God that says you are healed. And so that is where the the battle is, is to believe God's word as it is above anything else. Mm. See, once we do that, you know, it takes some time and, you know, of course, there's, uh, you know, what you call testing of your faith, Mm -hmm. which is much more precious than gold. So that is where most people give up. You know, they think, okay, I just believe that I'm healed. Yes. But then after two days, they see that, oh, they still have the sickness. And now what happens is instead of staying with God's word, we move into the five sense based, um, you know, dimension. Mm-hmm. Where we see pain or we feel something. So we trust in that more than the word of God. Mm-hmm. For example, three years ago, four, maybe four years ago, I watched uh, yeah, Curry Blake on on YouTube. I was so excited that, you know, mm-hmm. I was highly diabetic and, you know, I had... Uh, Sugar level was uh, high. My blood pressure was high. My uh, cholesterol was so high. The doctor said he can't even prescribe something like that. Gosh. He couldn't even get it diagnosed. So when I watched this uh, this pastor teach, I got so excited. I threw away all my medication, threw it in the garbage bin, and I, I said, "Hey, I'm healed." But it wasn't real belief. Mm. It was something in my mind. I thought, "Okay, this is what I'm supposed to do." Mm. And so I threw away $70 worth of uh, medication. Mm, mm. <laughs> then after two days, when I checked my blood sugar level, it was high, very high. And mm. so now I panicked, mm, mm, you know, because I really didn't believe God's word. Mm. You know, my mind was not renewed to the truth. Mm. All I had was this uh, mental ascent. My mind agreed to the word of God. Mm. My mind said that, yes, words God is true and it works. But I really didn't have experimental knowledge. That means I never experimented with it. Mm-hmm. I never stepped out. And so because my mind was not renewed to it, I went through the motions of throwing everything away. Then after two weeks, I went and got my medication back. Mm-hmm. Like I went to the doctor, <laughs> you know, and I started taking medication. But I did commit myself to the fact that from now on, I'm going to get into God's Word and I'm going to study God's Word on healing. And I'm going to, you know, appropriate it. I'm going to receive this healing for myself. Now, it took some time. And so for a couple of years, all I did was, you know, of course, I studied other subjects, but healing was one of my most priorities. So all day, you know, 
couple of hours a day, I would study on healing, like how it works and mm. is the healing in the atonement or is it just something like in the Old Testament, we get healed sometimes, we don't get healed sometimes, you know. Mm. So I really went after it. I really wanted to know, you know, mm. if, if this works because if Jesus did pay for my healing and then if I'm not receiving the healing, it's not his fault. Mm. It is something to do with, with me. You know, somewhere along the line, I'm not studying God's word enough to be able to receive the full confidence that I can be healed any time. Mm. So I went on like a warpath and I was <laughs> almost every day I would listen to, you know, teachings on healing. Mm. Or I would study it myself. And I started seeing that some of my mindsets that I had before for years, even as a missionary, was that it's not always God's will to heal. Now, I was taught that and I had that in my mind. So that was a big hindrance mm. to me getting healed because uh, every time something happens, I would talk, okay, maybe it's not God's will. Mm. And so I didn't have the opportunity to get my faith to a higher level because if it's not God's will, what's the hope of trying? There's no use trying. If it's not God's will, if it's God's will for me to be sick, then why would I even try? And so I would pray prayers of hope. You know, prayers of hope is like, okay, maybe one day God will heal me. Or maybe if he wills, it will happen. But the New Testament, it's not about prayers of hope. Mm. The New Testament is prayers of faith. If you read in James, it says a prayer of faith shall save the sick mm. or heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. See, the hope prayer is usually not answered. I'm not saying it won't be answered. God in his mercy does. But he made it so easily available for us so that, you know, we can receive healing, salvation, whatever we need, any single time that we pray. So I have to shift from prayers of hope to actually prayers of faith. You know, hope means you're putting it on God. Okay, God, if it's your will, you know. But prayers of faith means you have the faith that it is God's will for you to be healed. And so one of the, you know, we call it the sacred cows or uh, the wrong mindset is that it's not God's will to heal all the time. Mm. See, that, is, that has been a hindrance to me for a long, long time. You know, okay, it's not God's will this time. And it never is because every time you're thinking like, oh, maybe it's not this time. And so the first thing that we have to understand is to know that it is God's will for us to be healed. Now, do we believe that it's God's will for anyone to get saved, right? Yes. Because, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth and whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Right. See, it's, it's laid out there. God gave Christ to the world. It belongs to the world. Now, if you don't connect by faith and if you don't believe what Jesus did for you, then you don't get saved. Right. But it's given. It's, it's legally it's available to anybody. Now, healing is the same thing. Jesus paid for it at the same time, right? Even though it was two different instances, but it was a whole package, the atonement. And so Jesus went on the whipping post. There was no need for him to go on the whipping post because if he go on the cross and he died and shed his blood, then our sins are forgiven and we can go to heaven. But he right. went on the whipping post first and God himself, you know, whipped by the Romans. And the Bible says very clearly that was for a healing. So if you go to Isaiah 53. Okay, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, 
smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. So Isaiah, you know, I was prophesying about what Jesus would do when he would come. Now the word here, griefs and carried as sorrows, in the King James Version, it says griefs and sorrows, but actually it's disease and pain. And the word for that, you know, if you look at the other parts of the Bible, it talks very clearly that these words are chole and makob. And makob is for pain and chole is for sickness. So he carried our pain and he bore our sickness and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And that's how we receive peace. And Jesus said, peace I live with you, peace I give unto you. See, he had to pay for it. So he was chastised for it. So all of our sickness and all of our disease he carried just like he carried our sins. Mm. Now, if we believe that he carried our sins, then we also have to believe that he carried our sickness and our pains mm. and our diseases because he paid for it. Now, in the Old Testament, you know, God used different methods to heal people. Mm. In Numbers 21, we had the brazen serpent that was hung up. Mm. And these guys who were bitten by, you know, a serpent, they could look steadfastly on that serpent and they would be healed. Now, Jesus is, you know, like a prototype of that. Mm-hmm. You know, he hung on the cross. And so Jesus went on the whipping post, fulfilled Isaiah 53, mm-hmm. so that everyone who believes that his body was broken for the healing can get healed. But in the New Testament, it is by believing and receiving. Mm-hmm. Like in the Old Testament, everything was physical. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the God gave them a physical rest. The commandments were physical. You know, killing of a lamb or a goat, all of that was physical. So everything, even the healing, was given through a physical means. Mm-hmm. But in the New Testament, it's all spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like if you read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings mm-hmm. in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when you receive Jesus Christ, you come into in Christ. And if you are in Christ, then you're blessed with all spiritual blessings. You can't be blessed with all spiritual blessings if sickness is not taken care of. You know, sickness is a big burden. I mean, today, uh, the whole world spends, you know, trillions of dollars around the world uh, on sickness and disease, you know. And, you know, when somebody's sick in a home, it's not just that person is sick. Now the father, the mother, the husband, the wife, everybody, you know, it's, it's a pull on them, you know, not just finances, but, you know, time, care. And so the happiness and the joy that the home could experience mm-hmm. now is turned into sorrow and all this kind of stuff. Now, of course, you know, uh, sometimes we think that sickness is part of a natural human being. Mm-hmm. That is not true because when Adam was created, and he was created, there was no sickness or disease. They were created to live forever. Mm. Their bodies could not die. That means, you know, they could live forever and there was no sickness or disease because when God created the heavens and the earth, he said everything he'd created was good. Mm. He saw that it was good. But when Adam sinned, through sin came death. Now death means, you know, sickness is a fruit of death. Mm. Of course, if, if a sickness continues, the end result is that that person dies. So through sin, sickness and disease came into the world. And the Bible says in Romans 5.17 that it ruled from Adam all the way up to Jesus rose from the dead. It ruled the world. So people were under the bondage of uh, you know, sickness and disease. 
but see, it became so common to us that we accept it as a daily occurrence. You know, you get a cold and you just accept it like, okay, it's a cold. You know, and you accept it instead of going back, you know, to what Jesus did and say, uh-huh, Jesus paid for this. I don't have to suffer this cold. So if you got the attack with it, and I want to show you how, you know, how it works for me and that uh, how the Bible says we can go on the attack with this. But at the same time, if you don't go on the attack and if you accept it, now Satan wins. Every day when we accept small things or big things, then it rules us. What we are doing is like a lot of people say, oh, my cancer, you know, that means they, they're identifying themselves with the cancer. You know, instead of identifying themselves with healing, they identify themselves with cancer. I mean, I used to do this. Oh, my diabetes, my, you know, blood pressure, my mm. cholesterol, my headache. Mm. See, once you say those things, mm. then it starts manifesting. Now you accepted it as yours. But the Bible says, you know, uh, Jesus Christ maketh the whole. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from the destruction. So, you know, of course, you know, we have to change our vocabulary. And now I don't talk about disease and sickness. If I see something happen somewhere, I don't come and glory in it. You know, I don't come and say, oh, I saw this guy, he had cancer and mm -hmm. he had a big lump on his neck. You know, I don't talk about sickness and disease as much as possible. But sometimes we do have to. But otherwise, I don't let those things come out. I like to talk, you know, about sickness and disease once I have a testimony about it. It's quite a pleasant night when listening to Nightlight. Okay, so some of the roadblocks or mindsets that we have that I carried for a long time is one of that is that it's not God's will always to heal. And the other one is that, you know, okay, let's go back to that. If it is not God's will to heal all the time, mm -hmm. Then when Jesus was on the earth, the Bible says Jesus was the express image mm -hmm. of God. That means what God would have done, that's exactly what Jesus would, mm -hmm. he did. Mm -hmm. So if you look at the life of Jesus from the time he started his ministry, healing was a prominent thing that he did. You know, he went about healing everyone that was oppressed, yes. you know, of the devil or sickness or disease. There's not an instant in the Bible where Jesus refused someone healing. Of course, this woman whose daughter was possessed came to Jesus and said, you know, my daughter, can you heal? And Jesus said, I can't give the children's bread to mm -hmm. dogs. But as soon as she said, you know, even the dogs get the crumbs of the master's table, he healed her. So there's not one instant where Jesus did not heal. Every single person that came to Jesus, he healed. And then he healed the multitudes. Like sometimes he'll just heal multitudes of people and they all got healed. Wow. Even in the New Testament, in the books of Acts, there is not one instant where Paul or Peter or somebody said, no, I can't heal. And so we know it is God's will to heal us because he paid for it. Mm. It was prophesied in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, Jesus came and he fulfilled it. And if you read Matthew chapter 8, uh, the Bible says that Jesus actually went about healing so that he could fulfill what Isaiah was predicting. Mm -hmm. He came to fulfill those scriptures. And some people say, oh no, it was for that time. Mm -hmm. No, no, it wasn't for that time because Jesus said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to my father. Mm -hmm. It was from that time on, that was a new era. Every child of God can live in health, but the requirement is that we believe that he paid for it. 
So when we remove some of these mindsets and roadblocks and sacred cows that we've been carrying on for so long, you can start seeing the manifestation of the healing in our daily life. Like, for example, sometimes this, this is a big teaching. People say, God is teaching you a lesson. Mm -hmm. You know, he puts sickness on you so that he wants to teach you a, teach you a lesson. That killed the faith of uh, many people in healing. Mm -hmm. Because if God is teaching you a lesson mm -hmm. and he puts sickness on you, then what's the use of trying to have faith on that? You know, you might just yield to it. Mm -hmm. But the sad part of that is that you say God puts some sickness on you. And so he wants you to learn a particular lesson. So he put the sickness, right? But why do you go to doctor the next day? Mm -hmm. If you know God is the one who put this on you to teach you a lesson, mm -hmm. why are you escaping that lesson? Mm -hmm. Isn't that disobedience? If mm -hmm. God has put something on you, you're trying to whistle your way out and go get healed the next day. Mm -hmm. See, it doesn't make sense. And if God is teaching you a lesson through sickness, even if you go to a doctor, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. But in the New Testament, there is no mention of, of God using sickness as a way of teaching you a lesson. Right. I had this mindset for so long that he's teaching me a lesson, he's teaching me a lesson. But how many years is it? One year? Two years? Three years? How many years is he going to teach you a lesson? If a sickness is persisting hmm. and you learn the lesson, you know, now how many lessons is he going to teach you? Some people just stay sick for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, that is not God teaching you a lesson. Now, sickness and disease, we have to understand the origin is from Satan. It didn't come from God. And so we have come up with this idea that, okay, God is teaching me a lesson by giving the sickness on me. Mm. Now, I wouldn't put sickness on my kids to teach them a lesson. Which father would do that? Mm -hmm. No, none of us would do that. You know, and Jesus said that in Luke, he said that if you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the good gifts and the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Mm -hmm. So Jesus kind of comparing a father with God, but he was saying how much more? So I know in my heart, my father doesn't put sickness on me. He's not teaching me a lesson. Right. You know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a teacher, a comforter and a helper. And through God's word, you know, he teaches me the lesson that I need to learn. Now, I'm not saying sometimes when things happen, I don't learn. Of course I do. You know, I make mistakes, I learn. But I, I don't believe anymore that sickness, God puts it on me to teach me a lesson. Mm. Now, has that liberated me? Yes. Now I know that sickness is caused from Satan. And so I know who the enemy is. And I know what Jesus paid for. He paid for my healing till I get my new body. When I get my new body, of course, you know, mm. I won't be sick anymore. But during the time to be on this earth, he provided healing for every child of God. Even for the, what do you call, the sinners or the mm. people that are not saved. Because everyone that Jesus healed was a sinner. Not one person was saved. Mm. Every single one was a sinner. But Jesus never said, hey, you know, go home, come back after a week, <laughs> this is your lesson. You understand? Learn this lesson and then come back and I will heal you. No. See, if God had put sickness on those people and if Jesus healed them, then he's going against the will of God. Are you understanding that? Right? Because if God put a sickness on somebody and Jesus healed them, he's going against what his father's will. Mm. But Jesus said, I do nothing except what my father tells me to do. Mm. So at every instant, you know, Jesus healed them and delivered them, whether it was, you know, demonic oppression, sickness, disease, even simple fevers, like Peter's mother-in-law was having a fever and Jesus touched her and she got healed. I mean, you see him at every instant healing. Mm. 
one of the lepers when they asked Jesus, you know, uh, to get Jesus said, "What do you what do you want me to do?" And he said, uh, "Whether it's a leper or a blind person," he said, "Oh, that I may see." And Jesus said, "It is my will." He said, "If, if thou wilt," and he said, "It's my will." The word "will" translated there is also it's a nature. Like he's not saying, "Okay, it's my will now to heal you." He was saying that it's my nature, mm. you know, it's my nature to heal. Yes. So he can't help but heal. Mm-hmm. It's his nature. He can't get out of that nature because that is what his father is. Yes. His father is, you know, in the business of healing, in the business of bringing joy, in the business of giving us love, and so that is who our father is. But I had this wrong picture of my father in the sense that, okay, he does this, he puts this on me, and so. For years and years, I struggled and struggled with sickness and disease. I mean, in my school, I've been there for three years. I mean, I get five, six days a year for sick leave. I, I took one day. That was because I had a ear infection. I was bleeding, so I have to go get it cleaned up that one day. Otherwise, I didn't even use the sick leave to stay home. Mm-hmm. I went to work. Now, I'm not saying I don't get sick. I get hit with a cold or sometimes. But as soon as it hits, I know who it is that brought it upon me. Mm-hmm. And so I resist it. You know, in the name of Jesus, okay, you got to leave. Just like you look at a demon or an evil spirit, mm-hmm. you look at sickness because sickness originates from them. You know, it originates in the spirit world and then the manifestation happens in the physical. Just like healing is in the spirit world, but the manifestation happens in the physical when you believe. Right. You know that's why we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. First Peter two twenty four, the Bible says Peter says we were healed, right? By his stripes we were healed. Yes. Where healed means it's a done deal. It's not that you're going to be healed. So in the spiritual realm, healing is already provided in your account. It's yours. Any time you can receive it. God is not going to say no. You know. It's like you know, in my home we have a refrigerator, and everything in the refrigerator. When my kids come, they don't have to ask me. They can open, take a you know, a soda, or coke, or whatever they want to take, and an ice cream. It is what belongs to me is also theirs, you know. So they can take it any time they want. Same thing with the Father. In the New Testament, He provided all these things so that you can receive it any time you want. Wow! Like Jesus didn't have to pray and say, "Father, is it your will for me to heal this person?" Oh Father, should I uh, raise Lazarus? No, he just knew. He already told me, okay, he's sleeping, and his disciple couldn't understand. He said, okay, Lazarus is dead. <laughs> but when he came there, he told Martha that no, no, you know, I am the resurrection. Yes. He didn't pray. Of course, you know, he, he talked to the Father. Then he made it clear. He said, the reason I'm praying, Father, is that my the disciples can hear it. Mm. He said, I know. Every time I pray, you hear. So he went about healing. Anybody and everybody that he wanted, because that was his nature, and so the Father supplied that in the New Testament through the body of Jesus Christ, and so it is ours to take any time we want. But again, you know, sometimes people say, "Okay, I believe I'm healed by His stripes," mm. like I did, you know, four years ago. I threw away all my medication, <laughs> but my mind was not renewed. You know, when your mind is renewed, you will know that you're healed. You're not trying to guess. You're not trying to work. Even if you have symptoms in your body that contradicts the word of God, you will go by the word of God because in your mind, you know the healing is yours and it's already a done deal. You know. Wow. Like as an example, uh, 
last Christmas, I was working in a Christian school, and you know, you know, they had a break for Christmas, and so it was a Friday that uh, when they they closed the school, and I was helping put away some tables and benches. Uh, we had like a little lunch, and my stomach started bleeding completely. You know, it was just mm. blood, and of course, it comes out as black. You know. Mm. And I couldn't stand. I couldn't even carry a small plastic chair. My mind was, you know, my brain was going crazy. I told the teacher I have to go home. I got in the car. By God's grace, I drove. It's 30 minutes to my home. Mm-hmm. My wife was visiting my daughter in Dallas, so she wasn't at home. <laughs> and so I came home, and my first reaction was to call 911 or something because I couldn't even walk. But deep in my heart, you know, deep inside of my heart, I knew. I didn't have to do that because I'm healed. Mm-hmm. But my mind was going by the five senses, what I feel. Because, and apart from that, my heart started like it was like some machine was like squeezing it, you know. <laughs> and I don't know if it's oxygen not going to my brain or blood, whatever it was. I was going a bit dizzy, and so I would go into the restroom and then crash on the bed back and forth till I finally fell asleep. When I woke up, it was the same thing. So I started going, you know, on the attack. I kept, you know, saying, no, by his stripes, I'm healed. And Satan, get out of my body. You know, you have no place. You know, I started talking to my body and telling it to leave, you know. But it wasn't happening, you know. I went through the thing. And in the afternoon, my wife had left some dishes because she had to go in a hurry. So I told my body that I'm going to go wash dishes. And the body was like, no way, we're not going to do that because, you know, you know, it couldn't even stand up straight. So slowly I edged myself to the sink and I started washing one dish at a time and just commanding my body to be healed. I said, no, in the name of Jesus, body you're healed. You know, sickness and disease, leave my body. I kept on doing that till I got all my dishes washed. And now in my mind is a picture of me in a hospital, having my stomach cut open, you know, my heart open. That's a picture the devil was giving me. But in my heart, I knew by his stripes, Jesus paid for it, and I'm going nowhere, you know. And so it was a battle. But, you know, the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. You know, we think about spiritual battle as something that we are doing up in the air. No, no. You know, the battle is between your two years. It's faith. You know, either you're going by your five senses or you're going by what God's word says. So I had a whole day of that, going back and forth. My mind says, no, this is what's going to happen. You're going to die. When your wife comes, call your wife, let her come back. I said, no, no, they went to see my daughter, you know, both my older daughter and my wife had gone. So I was talking about that. So I didn't want to call my wife because I said, no, I believe I'm healed. I'm not calling my wife. And then, of course, Satan goes, you know, when you don't give up, he goes from higher to lower. So now he started saying that, okay, your kids are coming to for Christmas and I usually cook a Christmas dinner. Mm. So he was like, okay, this time you will not be able to cook. See, he went from me in the hospital <laughs> to now, oh, you will not be able to cook. So I said, no, I'm going to be cooking. They were coming next day. I said, I'm going to cook a meal. I'm going to eat the food and I'm going to enjoy my Christmas with my family. But it was a battle. You know, I have to keep myself in faith. I have to go back to the Word of God and say, no, I'm sticking here. I'm anchoring in the Word of God. I'm healed. And it's amazing. Next day morning I woke up, I was healed. My kids came, my wife came, and, you know, I cooked a nice butter chicken and all kinds of stuff for them. And, you know, my heart was fine. My stomach was fine. Bleeding stopped. 
But the thing is, that is a fight of faith. The fight of faith is nothing but staying with the Word of God and not going by your five senses because your five senses will pull you down. Another point is that sin will stop the healing from manifesting in your life. That means God is not going to heal you if you have sin. And so that's been a big uh, destroyer of faith for many Christians mm-hmm. because, you know, they did some kind of a sin and then they believe the, the sickness came upon them because of that sin. Mm-hmm. And now you have a sin consciousness mm-hmm. and you feel condemned, so you're powerless against the sickness. Mm-hmm. Yes, sickness and disease originated from sin. And in the Old Testament, that was rampant. But even though these guys who were bit by serpents, they had murmured and complained and they, you know, against Moses and the Lord and everything, God still healed them if they looked upon the serpent. See, they had sin, but looking on the serpent that was hung up by Moses, the brazen serpent, they got healed. Now, in the New Testament, sin has no dominion over us. We are the righteousness of Christ. That means when we received Christ, a new creation, we have become new creatures. All things have passed away. So we are the righteousness of God. It is like in so many places in the New Testament. We have become the righteousness of Christ. So we are the righteousness of Christ so that sin has no dominion over us. So even though we did get say, a, a sickness through, say, whatever thing you did, you know, you, you know, you drank too much or you messed up somewhere and you got some kind of sickness, yet it is God's will for you to be healed immediately. Are you getting me? Yes. Otherwise, you will never receive your healing because you sin every day. You know, some sins are obvious. You know, some sins are not. So if the devil can condemn you with a big sin and say, oh, you, this sickness is because of that sin, then when you get a headache and you, you know, maybe you didn't love your neighbor as yourself. Now, Satan will come back and say, oh, this is because you didn't love your neighbor as yourself. So there is no end to it. Constantly, you're going to be in a sin-conscious state. And so, you will accept the sickness, or oh, I, I deserve this because I sinned. Mm. See, in the New Testament, Jesus healed every single one. Every single one of them was a sinner. None of them was saved. They were not the righteousness of God. But for us, we are the righteousness of God. You know, we make mistakes because our mind is not renewed. We sin sometimes because our mind is not renewed and the nature of God is not manifesting in our life yet. But God had provided the provision for that. You can always receive it for yourself. Now, if you can't, if you don't have the faith, you can ask somebody who has the faith to pray for you and you can still receive it. So God has supplied healing for all kinds of Christians, Mm. matured Christians, carnal Christians, Christians who are babes in Christ. See, God has provided that for everybody. I'm going to go over each of that so that, you know, we can understand. But the goal is that we can receive a healing for ourselves. Mm-hmm. and not have to depend on somebody else. You know, just like salvation, you can receive it for yourself. You can't have somebody lay hands on you and you get saved. You have to accept it yourself. So God provided the healing for every single child of God anytime they want. Nightlight. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. Melvin, I want to ask you now about your interpretation of uh, what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 9, where he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted 
above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. On plain reading, Melvin, it would appear that Paul was given a physical affliction which he asked three times to be delivered from, and the Lord said no, because he wanted Paul to depend on his grace and that this affliction would humble him and cause him to depend on Christ's strength rather than his own. But you have a different interpretation of it, obviously. Yes, there's another side to it. Okay. (laughs) But here it says, because of my abundance of revelation. Now, Peter did not have this this revelation that Paul had. Mm. You know, we call it the Pauline revelation, and that is a new creation and the mystery. You remember I did a class on Mm -hmm. the mystery, and it was given to Paul. It wasn't given to Peter or John, it was given to Paul. And of course, Paul is the one that brought it out. So, because of the many revelations that he had, Paul says, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. We, now we know very clearly, now he's a messenger, right? Messenger is someone that is sent. It is not a thing like a sickness, but it's a messenger that, you know, like angels or demons or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a messenger of Satan to buffet me. See, the word buffet is to blow and blow and blow and blow mm-hmm. and blow. That's called buffeting, right? In English. Yes. Like, you know, the the waves buffet the shore or the rocks. So it wasn't just that he had this sickness, you know, continuously. Right. He's talking about something that was buffeting him. That means it would come upon him mm-hmm. and then it would go, mm-hmm. you know, and then again it would come. So it wasn't a constant state. Right. Lest I should be exalted above measure because of the many revelations, Paul says a messenger of Satan, not something came from God, it's a messenger of Satan was sent to him so that he would not be exalted. That means otherwise he would have gone puffed up or whatever. Mm -hmm. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Right? That means this thing would depart from him. The thorn in the flesh Paul used this word because it was a common thing they used in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And Paul was an Old Testament scholar. So he was using a phrase that is in the Old Testament, a thorn in the flesh. Now for us, we think it's it's a disease. But thorn in the flesh in the Old Testament is clearly persecution or people coming against God's people. Mm -hmm. See, if you look at uh, Joshua 23.13, People think that, oh, because Paul had this disease, Mm. if Paul the Great had a disease like that, then who am I? And so people just settle down to the fact that Paul had it, and so it is okay for me to have it. Mm -hmm. See, so it also takes away the faith that we have for healing that Jesus provided. Look at verse 13, Joshua 23, 13. Know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive out any of these nations from before you, but they shall be snares and traps unto you, and scourges in your sides, and thorns in your eyes, until ye perish from off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. Yeah, so the word thorn in the side or thorn in the eye was, it's not like they had a thorn in the eye. It was these people that was causing trouble. That means they were like a, a hindrance or they were continually, you know, Joshua to be thinking of what these guys are going mm-hmm. to do next. Mm-hmm. 
And so that is the thorn in the flesh. If even if you look at Numbers 33:55, it says, "But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell." And so when we look at Paul, every place he went, this messenger of Satan would stare of trouble. Right. You know, that I mean Paul was beaten, you know, with rods till he almost died. Yes. You know, and of course they prayed for him, he came up. And you know, in another place Paul says that, you know, we, we suffer this affliction that the life of Christ may mm. manifest in right. us. So he went through those uh, persecution. Everywhere he went, he mm-hmm. was beaten. You know, people, this messenger of Satan would stare up. Mm-hmm. You know, he couldn't attack Paul directly, mm-hmm. but he would use other people. Yes. You know, just like Satan wouldn't attack me directly, mm-hmm. but he can use people, you know, to torment me mm-hmm. or hurt me or mm-hmm. say things to me that would hurt me. Mm-hmm. Even though the people that are saying those things, right. they don't know what they're saying. But they're being used, you know, yes. to make to pull me down or bring me down. So the thorn in the flesh, when you look at it, you know, it's not just an mm. affliction. Right. It was something that Paul had to suffer, and and he asked uh, Jesus three times mm. because he wanted to be just go and teach and preach and heal, mm-hmm. you know, always tear of people so that you know he got beaten up. Right. And uh, Jesus said that in your weakness, my strength will be made perfect. That means whenever he got beaten up, he would rise up and then God would just heal him. And sometimes, you know, he talked to, I think it was a Galatians where he said, you know, you guys love me so much, you would even pluck out your own eyes and give it to me. Mm. Idea behind, behind that is that when Jesus, on, on the way to Damascus, right, he got blind. So he says, okay, that blindness continued. No, he was healed immediately, mm. you know, by Simon. When he went, he says the scales fell off mm. and he could see. Mm. And another way here, place he wrote that I write such a large letter, mm. and so people say, "Oh, it is big capital letters or mm. big words mm. or letters." No, he was talking about the letter. If you look at that, it was a big letter that he wrote to them. Once <laughs> we try to make an excuse that we can't receive healing, then all these other teachings looks very good, mm-hmm. because then what happens is that's what I did. You know, I thought a great fall if he he was sick and God didn't heal him. How about me? And so I just laid back. I sat back. You understand? And I'm not saying that Paul probably didn't get sick, but he didn't stay sick. Mm. I mean, they would take handkerchiefs from Paul's body and they would get people healed somewhere else. Mm. The Spirit of God was so strong in Paul, that would happen. You can't have a Spirit of God so strong in you and have sickness at the same time. (laughs) Because darkness and light cannot exist in yourself at the Mm. same time. And so that has been an issue with most churches, mm-hmm. you know, that Paul's thorn in the flesh was that. I'm not saying that Paul was never sick, because in the beginning he said, when I first came to you, I preached with a lot of affliction. Mm-hmm. That was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But later on, Paul was walking in, in divine health. And mm-hmm. it is God's will for us to walk in divine health. The only reason we get sick sometimes is because our mind is not renewed and we live in a fallen world mm-hmm. where sickness and disease is easy to get in. But once, we get a mind renewed, we know how to take care of it. You can resist it and not asking God, like I don't ask God, God, please heal me. Because for me, it is unbelief. Because the Bible says, by his stripes you are already healed. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. He sent his word and healed you and delivered you from the destruction. All the scriptures are talking about past tense, that it is already done. Mm-hmm. So when I pray for my healing, I just thank the Father. I say, Father, thank you for providing the healing. And now, in the name of Jesus, headache, you need to go. 
you know, I know pastors in, uh, you know, in, in America that had not had a headache for 40 years, mm. much less any other sickness. Mm. They just believe what God's word says mm. and they just speak to their bodies and it works. Mm. Now, in the beginning, it looks sounds funny. You know, you, you're talking to your body. <laughs> now, Jesus talked to a fig tree. He told the fig tree, the henceforth, no. The Bible says he answered the tree. That means there was some form of communication, you know. And so there's nothing wrong in, you know, talking to your sickness or your disease or your body and saying your body what it should do. You know, once we get over this idea that, oh, Paul was sick, so then what hope do I have? You know, Paul being such a great disciple was sick, then what hope do I have? We have to get over that and we have to go back to what Jesus did for us. Because if we compare ourselves between ourselves, then we might think that, oh, look at that person. You know, he's been a good Christian. He's been a good missionary and he is sick. So what hope do I have? So we have to go by what God's word says. God's word says that by his stripes, we were healed. And we are blessed with all spiritual blessings. I mean, uh, healing is one of the greatest blessings that Jesus has provided. If you look at uh, John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says the thief comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life in abundance. You know, how can you have life in abundance if you're sick all your life? That is not what Jesus was talking about. In another place, he said, you know, believe on me so that your joy might be full. See, joy being full, you can't be sick and have a, a fullness of joy. So sickness is something Satan comes to, to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It's from him. But once we get a mind renewed to the word of God that says that, you know, Jesus has provided the healing for every born-again Christian or for every child of God or even for the world. You're right. It's nightlight. Now, I want to go and show you from scriptures how the different kinds of people can get healed through Jesus Christ. First Corinthians 11.30, it talks about, you know, the Lord's Supper. Now, the Lord's Supper, we take the bread and we take the wine as symbolic to his blood, uh, the blood for our salvation, forgiveness of sins. And then we have the bread that is broken for our bodies. That means broken for us for our healing. So if you look at uh, what Jesus did, he went on the weeping post first and got his body broken and then he went and shed his blood. That's the same order we take communion. We, we eat the bread first and then we drink the wine so that, you know, symbolic of what Jesus had done. So if you go into First Corinthians 11 and verse 30. It says, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. See, the discerning of the Lord's body is, uh, is knowing that his body was broken for a healing. And Paul said, because you don't discern why his body was broken, many of you are sick and weak and many sleep. That means, you know, many people die prematurely. That means before the time. God has given us 70 years as the time on this earth, but we are dying before that. Paul is saying that we are not discerning the body. That means Jesus had already provided the healing that you need till the day you go to be with the Lord. But Satan is coming to steal, kill, and to destroy. How does he do that? He does that by making us think that healing is a special privilege for special people. 
under special circumstances. Now, that's not true, not according to the New Testament, not according to any scripture in the New Testament. So once we get this mindset, you know, pulled down and we put on a new mindset, which says that, yes, my father through Jesus has supplied all that I need. I'm blessed with all spiritual blessings. My God shall supply all your needs. Is healing a need? Yes, it's a need that we have all, almost every single day. If you go to any church, if you go to any congregation, you go to any church, you see people are sick and sickly and they need healing. But because we don't rise up to the occasion, we don't believe that healing is already provided for us, it is our right to take healing any time that we want. But at the same time, we have an adversary that comes against us and stops us from receiving what God has already provided. So in verse 30 of 1 Corinthians 11, Paul is saying that for this cause many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. See, if Paul is saying that, that means he can't be sick. If his eyes was all pussy and sore and, you know, he can't see properly, how can he tell somebody else that you're, you know, you're sickly and weak because you're not discerning the body? See, it wasn't that Paul was continually sick and he carried the sickness and disease and he prayed three times and Jesus said, no, I'm not going to heal you. That's against the nature of God because Jesus healed every single person when he was on the earth. So it is contradicting when we believe that, oh, Paul was sick all his life. No, Paul wasn't. And because of the persecution, God's grace made him strong after he was beaten and thing, and he rose up and he started preaching the gospel right the next day. If you really want to do a study on it, if you really go into Bible program and you start looking it up and start studying it, don't just read people's commentary because when you read people's commentary, if their mind is not renewed, that's exactly what you get. So research for yourself, study for yourself, and ask the Lord to reveal that healing is for us and we can avail of it any time and every time that we want. And you can look forward to part two of Melvin's class on Faith for Healing in an upcoming Nightlight Show. This one was on Faith for Your Own Healing. Part two is Faith to Pray for the Healing of Others. I'll sign out now. I hope this show has been a blessing to you. And if so, please share it with others. God bless you. Bye-bye.